God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was in Antigua, there was a week called Sailing Week. And I remember being in grade school, and everyone in grade school would be drawing drawings about Antigua or about ships, about sailing, because every single person would submit their drawing into a competition. And there are age groups, and if you won your competition, you would won, win a plaque and, and some money. So we would spend a lot of time on those, those pictures, those paintings. But that wasn't the only thing that would happen during sailing week. That week, I think at least a couple hundred, if not thousands of ships would sail into Antigua to have sailing races. And from what I recall, they would, they would sail around the island, right? They'd race each other sailing around the island. They'd have all these other competitions. They would even have on Nelson's dockyard, they'd have competitions for pretty much anything you can imagine. One that really stuck in my mind was the grease pole competition. It's not like greasing the poles here down the French Quarter. It's a pole that hangs out off the dock over the water about 20 to 30 feet. At the end of that pole was some sort of flag and if you got that flag, you would win a prize. The thing is, not only is it a pole and you have to balance, the thing is it's greased too. So it makes it that much harder. And the first person to get across that pole, walking on it, grabbing that flag, would win the prize. Now, I, I never saw the competition because my parents said there were non-child-friendly things going on there at the same time. But every time I'd walk by that pole, I would think, what could I do it? If it was greased, if, if I could see that flag out there, could I run out there and grab that flag, unlike so many other people who try it and slip off and fall down? And I don't think I could. Being that hard, not only did you have to balance, but your, your footing would be slippery and you'd fall off and you could try again and again, but to get out there, it was difficult. Now, I don't know if we would all appreciate the title of Grease Pole Champion, but there's another title that we all want, and it seems that all creation and all people strive for. It's like a little flag, a little prize at the end of the pole that everyone reaches for. And everyone calls it something different. Some people say, well, we want unity and peace. Some people say we want love and fellowship. Some people say we don't want any more war or violence. We don't, we don't want anything bad to happen to us. We want things to be good. We want paradise. We want things perfect. And it seems like every single person, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian or an atheist, always strives for this sing, single same thing. Though we call it something different, it's really virtually the same. Everyone wants to be or have what God has. Because what God has is perfect peace, he has perfect unity, he has perfect fellowship, he has paradise, he has heaven, he has everything that everyone would ever want, and even though people don't realize that God has what they want, it, it is. He has what they want. He has the peace. And yet, we all understand that it's far off. Like at the end of that pole that's greased, it's hard to reach it. And so we think to ourselves, well, let's try. 
Let's try to reach this perfect unity, this perfect love, this perfect society that we all want. And so we try and try again by our actions. We, we dive deep into our soul and we think, maybe if I just loved a little bit more and cared a little bit more, then people would realize it and they would care more and then the world would be a better place. And we try so hard and we get so determined and we take a step on that pole and of course we slip off. I fail the first time. But we get back up and we, we go again and we think, well, I learned from my mistakes this time. I'll, I'll get a little bit farther the next time I go. And we take two steps perhaps and we think we're making progress. And every time we go on that pole trying to reach that flag, we think we're getting better. But we realize, well, what God says is you're making no progress at all. Satan's there telling you, keep on going, keep on trying by your own works, by your own actions, by your own self-determination to reach the perfect state that you think that you need as a society and for your family as a culture. Reach that, and one day you will have the majesty of God. You will be like God, equal to God. Everyone loving everyone else and everyone getting what they need. Satan says, keep going, keep going. But then God comes to us and he says, you may think this is just a greased pole you're trying to climb across, but it's not. It's just a virtual cliff. On the other side is the prize. The, the, the quality of God, being with God and everything that God has to offer, perfect peace, our, our bodies, he says, I will make you an imperishable body. You will have no pain, no suffering. You won't fall apart when you get old. You'll be perfect. You'll have perfect love, my love for you. A love that doesn't end, that lasts forever. But there it is on the other side of a cliff. We try to reach for that majesty of God. We try to grab hold of it and make it our own. We try to, to reach that peak. But then today we see Jesus on Palm Sunday. And it seems like Jesus is, is headed towards the same goal that we envision in our minds of God's glory and his majesty. He's walking into Jerusalem, not walking, but riding on a donkey. And everyone seems to convince that Jesus is the one to get us out of this, this problem of the Romans and help our society, our nation of Israel to become great. He will sit on the throne and he will rule us and give us everything that we need. And they see him and they lay their coats down in front of him and palm branches and sing Hosanna glory to God in the highest and it seemed like that was the moment that everything was going to change it seemed like that was the moment when Jesus would ride up to Jerusalem and go into the palace and sit on the throne and begin to reign for his people and make everything better make everything majestic and glorious and peaceful and united and loving but that's not where Jesus was going in fact, when we take a step back and we see Jesus' journey on Palm Sunday, we see he's journeying to something that we might call inglorious or not majestic at all. In fact, kind of shameful. This is what Philippians says. 
Verse 6, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself to become obedient to death, even death on the cross. The thing that we reach for, the glory that we so desire, and even the world, even the atheists, that they so desire, the peace that they so desperately want, Jesus had but gave up. Look at Jesus from a broader perspective than just on Palm Sunday. Jesus was majestic in glory. He was with God in the beginning. He, he had everything that we so desire, the uh, paradise, Everything was perfect, glory, majesty, he had it all. It was his, and yet he stood up and he said, I'm going to put all this glory, all this majesty aside. See, we grab hold, try to reach for it, yet Christ took it and put it aside. Becoming, in very nature, a man, a servant. And we see Jesus being born, and we see his life, and we, we know that at any moment he could have picked up that majesty and, and done a bunch of miracles and convinced everyone there that he was Christ, but he didn't. He left it aside. At any moment he could have destroyed all of his enemies with just the, the snap of a finger, but he didn't. He left it aside. Suddenly we see Christ, who is God, equal to God, not considering equality with God something to be grasped, but becoming man, a servant, even humbling himself and became obedient to death. And Paul says, even death on the cross. You know what it meant to pin, pin someone on the cross? That was an act of shame for that person. When a neighboring nation defeated another nation, they would take their kings and their leaders and they would kill them and, and pin them to the wall to, to make them a spectacle, to show how shameful it was. And that's exactly what Christ was, what was done to him. On his left and on his right were criminals pinned to, to make a shame a spectacle of them, to show everyone this, these are the people that you do not want to be, otherwise you will find yourself here on that cross. And there Jesus was with them, pinned, nailed to the cross. The people on Palm Sunday didn't expect Jesus to end up there. They didn't expect that to be Jesus' or God's majesty. They envisioned a kingdom that was undestroyable, undefeatable, with that perfect king who would do absolutely everything right for his people, but never would they look to a place like the cross to find that king. Never would they look to Jesus who was beaten with thorns on his head for that majesty. Yet it was majesty. That was God's majesty. That Jesus would die on the cross. 
Because in Jesus, putting aside his glory, his majesty, coming to the world and, and facing the same temptations, the same pain, the, the same everything that we have, and facing even more than we have, going to the cross and being punished, what Jesus did was help us and give to us the majesty we so craved and desired. That flag that we could not grab at the, the other side of that cliff, he came down to, to bridge that gap between us and God, and in giving his life, in giving himself to death, he opened the way to majesty. Heavenly majesty. That's what Christ did in setting aside his equality with God. That was his majesty. That you and I might be with him. That was his glory. That's why the, the cross is so significant because in his death, he knows that we have forgiveness of sins. He gives it to us and he, he begs us and he pleads with us, believe and you will be saved. And yet in dying, it says in verse 9, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. In his sacrifice, God exalted him to the highest place. Christ put aside who he was in majesty for our sake. And then he comes to us and he bids us, put aside who you are. Stop trying to grab for equality with God by yourself. Try, try not, don't do it through your own actions, through your own works. Instead, put aside your sinful self and turn to the cross because there in the cross is your majesty. There in Christ's death is your glory. As inglorious as it seems, there is where your forgiveness of sins is found. So often, we want to walk that pole to the end. But we can't. We shouldn't. Because equality with God is not something we can grasp. It's something that Christ has grabbed hold of for us. So that... When he comes again in glory, we too will stand there in glory. Singing Hosanna again for the final time, but a Hosanna that's not j just about Jesus riding on a donkey, but him coming on the clouds with trumpet calls from heaven, knowing that you and I will be with him in heaven in that perfect, glorious majesty. Today, our king is majestic for that very reason. That he died for us to give us eternal majesty in heaven forever. We thank God for his majesty, Jesus for his majesty, that he is willing to walk all the way to the cross for you and for me. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed printed for you on page 5 in your bulletin. <clears throat> we confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. Amen.